A reading from John 19:28-30. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked up a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of a hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So what, how do we read, uh, it is finished? How do we read that? Because you could say, right. it's all over, or you could say anything about it, like I'm dying. But I don't think that's actually what is intended here. Right. Well, there's, it's kind of an interesting uh, juxtaposition. I am thirsty, which is very human. And it is finished is very theological, spiritual. I, I am thirsty. This is what a, a person who's dying is experiencing. So we see Jesus in his uh, humanity on the cross representing us. It is finished is a declaration <clears throat> not of his life, um, but of his purpose. Uh, he had come to earth to bear the sins of all of humanity. And in declaring it is finished, he is saying, <clears throat> I have fulfilled the very thing that I was sent to do. Um, this may seem to those looking on as failure. What a tragic ending. But it's not tragic from Jesus' perspective. It is the very thing that the Father had sent him to do. This takes me back, as you were saying this, this takes me back to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is praying with such intensity that uh, the perspiration coming down off his face is like drops of blood. Mm-hmm. So there's such an intensity there. And at the, the, the ultimate moment, he says, but not my will, but your will be done. Knowing that, uh, knowing that the I am thirsty part is transitory, but what he is accomplishing is eternal. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to say it. I I don't know if there's a better way to put it in it. In this moment, we're caught with the two segments of time coming together, the temporal and the eternal. Um, The Father um, sends the Son. Jesus has to spend time on earth to fulfill the aspect. But it's in the flow of eternity. It's it's changing uh, everything for eternity. And in this moment... Uh, Jesus completes uh, the Father's process of redeeming us and rescuing us and uh, bringing us back into relationship, a relationship that has been broken since the time of the fall. That, the two-level, the dynamic of two understandings of time is articulated by Paul in the second letter to the Corinthians, I believe, in the third or fourth chapter. But it is one of the great difficulties for somebody who's being introduced to Jesus for the first time to understand the, that second line of time, which is so foreign and uh, far, foreign to our understanding of time, which is a series of events in chronological order. Right. One of the reasons that I thought it was valuable to put uh, the life in, uh, of Jesus in, in, in this format of following his life was to to actually allow us to get to that second sense of time through the chronological sense of time. In other words, as we are looking at Jesus, we're looking at him at the second one as much as we're looking at the first one. When it reminds us that uh, life 
on this earth when we die is not the end. It's a translation to the next stage. So it's a continuum. And anyone who's ever been with someone who's died recognizes that the core of that person was not in the body, but their essence left. In fact, yesterday I was watching a special with my son on one of the great Grand Prix racers uh, in, uh, in uh, car racing. And he died in a crash. And the doctor they interviewed said, he said these words, I'm not a religious man, but at that moment I saw his spirit leave him. I thought that was a very interesting aspect, that life continues on. And uh, we move from the now to uh, eternity. And it's part of what Jesus says, I've come to give you life, to give you life in abundance, but also eternal.